Welcome to Football and Grits. It's Monday, which means Football and Grits Day, but more importantly, it's game week. A Monday unlike any other. The first game week of 2021, uh, officially anyways. Um, Some would argue that Nebraska is still waiting for their game week, but hey, it's okay. Uh, I'm your host, David Ubbin, joined, as always, by my co-host, Andy Staples. On Football and Grits, Andy, I do hope you had a better weekend than Scott Frost, but... We, we talked last time or a few shows ago about uh, a money-making scheme uh, in the consultant game, but apparently you just got to start a fake high school and make minors play two games in three days. That sounds like a great idea. I, I guess. I, I don't know how much money there is in that, but it's that is the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, and, enough, and this, apparently. That team's, so that team, Bishop Sycamore, that played IMG Academy on Sunday, the schedule for them is brutal. I mean, they are playing the best They're playing Duncanville the this week, aren't they? Uh, no, they're playing uh, they're Johnson County Central and Ken- the Kentucky big school state champs. So it and they have Duncanville in a couple weeks, and it's just it's not great. Uh, they the the other thing is they played against a Pittsburgh school on Friday night that wasn't on their schedule. They didn't tweet about that game at all, but the game's on video. Like there's a YouTube, oh you can God. watch the game on YouTube. And you can see that it's very much the same people playing in that game on Friday and the IMG game on Sunday. Well, I'm intrigued to read uh, uh, more about this. I suspect there might be some coming on The Athletic. But, Andy, it's football and grits, which means we're talking SEC. We've got a as interesting as the high school angle was, which I was a little bit fascinated by it, and the ESPN fixation on being duped on their own, on their own network was interesting uh, into broadcasting this game. Let's talk some SEC football because there's real games between real teams with real schools that won't be playing two games in three days. They'll be playing their first game in almost nine months for a lot of these folks. And anyway, when it comes to the SEC schedule this weekend, we got to start with Georgia Clemson, obviously. Well, of I, I mean, these... The, these games are just different when you get the Georgia Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama caliber teams up there they just look different there's so much talent on the field for me personally you know I'm, I'm intrigued obviously the quarterback matchup uh, is going to garner a lot of uh, a lot of attention um, but I really want to see what Georgia's defense has to offer uh, against of course a, a big test uh, there especially their defensive line can they control that game I suspect that they can but Clemson's got some playmakers, and that's going to be a really fun matchup. And especially in week one, you never really know how that's going to shake out. What are you looking for in that game? Well, I think it's two really good defensive lines. Those, those are two things that we know both teams have, both play, places where both teams are good. You know, With both quarterbacks, we saw them last year. Uh, we actually saw DJ Uyunglele, I would say, against better competition than we saw JT Daniels against. But mm-hmm. we have a, a general idea that, that both of them – are ready to step in and and lead these teams and and for DJ it's to step in for Trevor Lawrence for JT Daniels it's to continue what he was doing at the end of last year and they had a full offseason with him and and Todd Munkin had a full offseason with him to build the offense around him and and what he could do now I think they were hoping a few months ago that they'd have George Pickens and then they lost him and then hoping they'd have Darnell Washington and they lost him but I I really do think there is a there's a good chance we see a much more dynamic Georgia offense than we've seen in the last few years, just because you know this is a quarterback who can do a lot of the things that that Stetson Bennett could not do, probably more toolsy than Jake Fromm as well. And then mm-hmm. you've got an ex NFL offensive coordinator in Munkin and an ex Big Twelve offensive coordinator in Munkin who can build around that. And you know the other thing is, is Ari and I always talk about this is just how much talent is on Georgia's roster. They seem like they are capable, if they have some injuries, that they have players who can step in and, and play. We just may not know them yet. We, we remember them from when they had four stars or five stars by their names, but we haven't seen them do it on the field yet. Now we're, we're going to get that chance. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think also, you know, when you look at this game, 
it's a little bit of I, I really want to see some validation uh, watching uh, DJ Uyunglele. Seeing him in a TV commercial during games this weekend was a new experience. Uh, I, he's the first, probably not going to be the last that we see on on TV during a game. Uh, like we're going to see that commercial during the Clemson game, which is just like a new existence. Now, here's my here's my question to you. I don't think I believe this, but I'm going to just mention a name to you that scares me with DJ. A young man by the name of Garrett Gilbert had a really good game uh, and, and was talked about as a Heisman candidate, and, and everybody was all in, unbelievable against really good competition, an Alabama team. I don't think that's going to happen to DJ, but... Well, Garrett Gilbert you didn't see have that great of a game. DJ threw for 400 <laughs> yards against Notre Dame. This is also true. He also this beat also Boston true. College. That 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 yeah. game also happened. So, I, yes. I yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about that. I, I do, you know, I thought you were going to say Jeremy Johnson. I thought you were going to go SEC and, and say Jeremy Johnson. No, no, who, who did my, have a really yeah. good start against Arkansas, and then we built him up to to, to be the preseason Heisman because. Gus Malzahn never got excited about anybody, and he seemed excited about Jeremy Johnson. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we we just assumed, oh wow, this guy must be amazing, and and poor poor guy. We we just built it up and built it up, and then he didn't he didn't have it. It didn't work. It didn't work. So yeah, I I, I want to see the validation. It'll be interesting. I, I think it's just tough uh, when you have an off season uh, full of hype and you haven't really played that many games. And and there's something to be said for another guy who's dealt with that this off season. In the other really big game in the SEC this this year uh, or this week rather, uh, Bryce Young and Alabama going up against Derek King and Miami. Derek King has played a lot of football at a few different places, uh, Houston and Miami, of course. Um, for me, this game is about Alabama's defense, Andy. I, I just I have a hard time believing they're not just going to swallow up Miami, uh, and and unless Derek King is significantly developed as a passer and making some unbelievable throws. I really think Miami's going to struggle to get by. I think the way that that Alabama's linebackers can play, uh, obviously Will Anderson, Henry Tooto, I think those guys can really uh, lock down Miami's scheme. Am I I off base on this? I don't think you are. uh, Listen, Nick Saban knows – this offense very well because it's the Gus Malzahn offense. Rhett Lashley's mm-hmm. off, Miami's offensive coordinator. Rhett was Gus's high school quarterback, worked with him on for years. So that's the offense. This offense does not work if you can't run. If you go back and watch the Miami Clemson game last year, and, and we just got done saying how good Clemson's defensive line is, basically Miami looked at the film, said, nope, we can't run against these guys, and tried to throw it the entire time. And it was useless because you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't – that is not a pass-first offense. That is a run-first offense. Running between the tackles sets up the pass, and you, you've seen that be effective against Alabama. I just don't know that it's going to be effective against Alabama with these guys. I, I ran into somebody in the airport who had recently been to a Miami practice and who'd been to you know some other practices of, of some teams that are kind of national championship-type contenders, and they said, eh, the bodies look different. It's, it's just not the same – you don't see them and go, oh, okay, that's a team that can win the national title or that's a team that can beat Alabama. Alabama's yeah. probably probably not going to lose to a team that isn't like that. Now, there are a couple teams, three, at least three teams in the SEC and maybe four like that. So it's possible it happens later this year. I just know that it happens if you can't physically match up against Alabama. And, and you know, I was, I was hoping – just for, for the sake of a good game, that they would be able to do that. They'd be able to go toe-to-toe. They've got some some offensive linemen who, like Zion Nelson, played against Florida as a young guy and, and was severely undersized. He's gotten so much bigger and, and better at left tackle and, and, and maybe an NFL left tackle. But can the other guys on that line hold up when they're playing against DJ Dale and, and Tim Smith and, and Will mm-hmm. Anderson? And I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that happens. So I, I think you're right. I think Alabama's defense may be in control, even if their offense has an, has some kinks to work out. We don't know. We don't know what they do. They may come out just blazing, but Alabama's defense probably shuts things down early and lets Alabama's offense just sort of take control. Yeah, I think the turnover chain is going to have to need a career night if they're going to if they're going to uh, yeah uh, make this happen. I, 
I think I think Alabama will lose a game this season. It ain't going to be to Miami. Uh, although I will say I am excited for the debut of the turnover chain. For that reason, I'd like to see an Alabama turnover because uh, a new year means a new chain. So uh, here's to it. I hope it's bigger and better than ever, which I suspect. What, what if they don't go with a chain? What if they go with like a... You know the the four ring knuckle go all across the knuckles. No, nah, you gotta stick with the turnover. chain. It's the OG. You started this. You started this, Miami, and it's one of the best new traditions in college football. You gotta stick with the chain. They've gone bigger and bigger and bigger each year. There's all. There's only one it. of the knockoffs that that works. Which one? Oregon State's turnover chainsaw. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The chainsaw is great. Uh, there's nothing like seeing a football player. <laughs> Standing on a bench, hoisting the chainsaw on the, on the sideline. It's fantastic. Stay up at 1 a.m. on the Pac-12 network to watch that one. <laughs> you'll, you'll see it soon. Uh, well, Andy, let's start. Uh, let's go back and start going in uh, order of these ball games. How's that sound? That sounds good. Are we going chronologically or are we going alphabetically? <clears throat> We're going chronological. Thursday night, the Josh Heupel era begins in earnest. In Knoxville, with a uh, Bowling Green team that did not do much of anything last year, one of the worst teams in the FBS, I, I think this is going to be an offensive show for, for Tennessee. Uh, they're not going to be able to do this against everybody, but I think people – Jalen Hyatt is going to have a breakout season, and he's going to have some plays here. I suspect we're going to see Joe Milton make some plays. Um, you know, this is going to be fun for Tennessee fans, I think. Seeing this offense against an, uh, a defense that has no chance of stopping them. They're not going to score 50 or 60 against everyone or a ton of teams this year, but they might do it on Thursday night. What What are you looking for from Tennessee in week one? It's a good night to get all the frustrations out if you're the Tennessee players who've yeah. dealt with a whole bunch of crap in the last mm-hmm. nine months, ten months. And I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves. And, and this it better be like that. Because it's not going to be like that going forward. It's it's going to be yeah. much tougher as the t- as the competition level goes up. But this is this is something that program needs. They they need just a nice easy win. Everybody's happy. The offense works. It, everything looks competent. Everybody gets some exercise. Yeah. Yeah. They, they <laughs> have some some sunshine. Although it's at night. <laughs> so I, I I just think. They need a catharsis game, and this is one of those catharsis games for, for them just because yeah, these, these guys, they, they slogged through the end of last season. It was clear it wasn't working. It was clear something was going to happen with Jeremy Pruitt. Now everybody's like, oh, there's, you know, you've got a new coach, but the NCAA is coming. There's going to be sanctions and gloom and doom predicted over and over for these guys. And they get three and a half hours to just ball out and have fun. And, and be the better team. And I think that's that's got to be helpful. for That's, gonna, that's, that's good for the psyche for, this, for, the, for these guys. You know, for Alabama, it's better to go against Miami. You're not bored. You know, they're going to they're mm-hmm. give you a little bit of a challenge. But for, for Tennessee, this is what they need. And a, a shrewd move from Tennessee's uh, athletic department, moving this game to a Thursday night, the idea is that a recruits see it and see that – if this game's on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday at noon, nobody's watching it. But on Thursday night, you can sort of see that offense, see what they're doing. And, you know, they're obviously, I think, going to put on a show against this defense, and, and that can only help them. So a smart move uh, on their part. Speaking of Saturday at noon, a exclusive little window for the debut of another offense in the SEC, Kentucky. Will Levis, um, who Andy... Uh, our, our our Andy Staples show listeners will note that uh, have you been They're studying Will Levis' film to prepare They're for sick this? Sick of hearing about this already. Why are you assuming <laughs> I'm going to have to do it? Why well, think, uh, I think Ari's going to have to do one. it? We're no, going to talk about that game a little that. later, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I have watched Will Levis. I also have studied what he said about eating the banana peel and all, and he said it tasted like banana bread. So, am I really scared? No, I'm not. This is not me having to eat mayonnaise. This is. This is me having to eat something that I'm pretty sure I can get down. Uh, I've have you never studied tried the it. ripeness? How much that's going to yes, affect it? Yes, I have go, studied. You got to go a little bit way over. A you little need some, over-ripe, you need some right? brown spots. Yeah. Now you don't want to yeah. go total brown. It doesn't like if you're looking for a nice ripe plantain because you're going to fry up some plantains. You want it to be totally brown. But if you mm-hmm. if you're looking for a banana here, you want. I'd say fifty percent yellow, fifty percent brown seems to be the. Uh, this the is ideal why I feel mix. like the winner should get to choose the banana. 
No. And that adds a wrinkle no, to No, no, I am not going to make Ari eat a green banana after LSU wins that game by 50 billion points. But all right, well, no, we're talking we're talking Kentucky right now. We're talking Kentucky and ULM. Yes. This is this is another good chance for a new offense to work itself out against mm-hmm. an opponent that it should have no problem with. And and for Kentucky, we're assuming that this new offense that, that Liam Cohen brings in is going to make them a, a different kind of team, help them ascend one level because defense is there, line is there, running game is there. Chris Rodriguez averaged six yeah. and a, six and a half yards of carry last year with the, every defense knowing exactly what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. imagine if they don't know what's going to happen, what's that going to look yeah. like? I think they're still going to be able to run the ball and run it well, but the Levis obviously should lighten up the box a little bit and give you the ability to throw that. I mean, last year... Listen, Kentucky was tough to watch. If they got down 10, it was pretty much over. If they got up 10, it was going to be an uphill battle for anybody considering how well that defense in the running game could play um, because they could uh, have some play action out of that, do some things. But now I think they can, they'll can. they they'll be able to throw it. And, and again, with, with Chris Rodriguez, with that offensive line, they really are, are going to be a team that I, I think will surprise some people. Can they challenge Florida for that second spot? We'll see. Uh, I don't know that we're going to know that after ULM, but I think we are going to see some. No, but dominance. Kentucky better get it, it, its stuff worked out because Missouri comes mm-hmm. to Lexington week two. So yep. that that's a big game in the SEC East. That's a big kind of pecking order type game. So yeah. they need to. Kentucky needs to feel very comfortable with what it does after this ULM game. Well, the mid afternoon, Andy, we get. Uh, Another Southwest Conference rivalry, Arkansas, getting getting warmed up for some some Southwest Conference action. Uh, the double dip this year uh, with Rice in the opener, Texas next week. I spent some time in Arkansas this week, <clears throat> talked to some players, talked to Sam Pittman uh, for a while. Uh, it was interesting. I think you know got to see them practice a little bit. Um, you know, this is sort of KJ Jefferson's offense now, and uh, you know they've. They've got a lot to prove on both sides of the ball still, but they still have some of the best receivers in the in the uh, in the conference and Traylon Burks out there. Uh, I think they're still going to be in good shape. We'll see. Um, you know, Rice. They would make me nervous just because I think they the Rice is better than people realize. Arkansas still a three touchdown favorite, um, but I think Arkansas takes care of business here. I think the big thing is how how does KJ Jefferson how has he developed as a passer? What does that look like um, in this offense? Uh, can he make some 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 throws on the field? Prove that he's consistently accurate. If he can do that, this is not going to be a sweat. If he has a, a rough game, a couple turnovers, this could be a game going into the second half where you know Arkansas has got to got to lean a little bit. But if you can get you know out there up seventeen at half, you're feeling pretty good, and, and that should should do it. But I'd be a little nervous just because Rice, like I said, is better than people think. But uh, I think this game's all about KJ Jefferson for me. Yeah, I don't think they need to be that nervous. They're they're so old on defense. This is this is one of those things. I I'm really interested. Their to linebackers see are really good. The the teams that did not have a lot of NFL prospects, but had good players who just came back as super seniors. I I, I still think this year the whole super senior thing is going to raise the level of play on the really good group of five teams and on the bottom mm-hmm. teams in the power five because they're the ones that are apt to get more of those guys back that you know that you get into the top of the power five they're still going to the nfl and they're still yeah. gone and you're still replacing them uh in this case you you've got grant morgan you've got bumper pool the guys have played a ton of football like i don't worry about them going in, in a game against rice i don't worry about them looking ahead to texas you know that and, and they can they can talk to those younger teammates about hey look i know you're excited you get to play texas but that's next week it, we're, you got to do this this week, and yeah. so I, I think I think they'll be fine. And and you know, nothing about the Sam Pittman tenure so far at Arkansas suggests that they will not be prepared. You know, that's that's one thing. Previously, we we had to worry about with them is is would they be prepared against an opponent like this? I don't think that's an issue here. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. I just think uh, Rice might be due to really improve this year. Um. Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State going off at 4 o'clock on ESPNU. You know, we've talked about this. We've hit on Mississippi State. Can they – I mean, obviously, if you're Louisiana Tech, you've looked. You're going to do what everyone else has done. Can Mississippi State beat that? Can they at least do that against a team that that should be overmatched? That's sort of the big question. Rush three, drop eight. 
Can you out? Can you can you can you move the ball consistently? Uh, you know, can you uh, get guys in space? We'll see. Uh, I think yes, but we'll see. Everybody I talked to this year said that, that they will be better at that. That you know, a lot of it was they just didn't have you know the offensive linemen were not used to doing that much pass blocking, even when they did throw in the Joe Moorhead offense, it was usually an RPO. So they're, they're firing off the ball. So they mm-hmm. had to really retrain their bodies and their brains. Uh, the receivers and the quarterbacks didn't have the reps together. So I think we'll see a, a better group there. Here's the thing with, with a game like this for Mississippi State, this doesn't necessarily work. It doesn't hold up when they're playing an LSU or a Texas A&M or an Alabama, but they should be so good defensively in a game like this that even if the offense isn't clicking, it's going to, and that's a, that's a big difference for Mike Leach teams. You're not used to seeing that. Uh, there, there were a couple years where he had Alex Grinch as his DC at Washington state that, that it felt like maybe that you, you could get some stops. And mm-hmm. if you got into a shootout, you, you'd have enough stops to win. But this defense, the, the personnel on it, you're going to get stops. And especially mm-hmm. against teams that you're better than, um, Again, maybe that doesn't happen against the, the top of the SEC West, but you should get stops against teams you're better than, which should allow the offense to, you know, if it makes a couple mistakes, then you're going to be all right. But uh, I will be interested to see how, how Will Rogers is adjusted. They, they got better offensively as the year went on last year, but, they, you know, it's hard to tell when you're playing Georgia. But they actually played, if you go back, that may have been their best offensive game against maybe the best defense they played. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, going at the same time, Mizzou taking on Central Michigan. Uh, Central Michigan looking like a team in the middle of the pack in the MAC. Um, we'll see. Jim McElwain returns to Missouri. <laughs> yes, yes. He had yes. he played a few games there. It's it's possible. Um, yeah, they had a nice little season last year, uh, but. Uh, I think for me, do you see the do you see the leap from Connor Bazelak? We saw a lot from him last year. Um, you know, I think you, you, you can sort of uh, everyone's sort of all in on Connor Bazelak, but you got to do it. You got to do it every week, um, and you can't just be like, you know, oh, oh, this guy. You kind of have to be like this guy again, and, and really put some fear into to DCs. Uh, and I think he can do that. Um, but again. <clears throat> It, it, we'll just have to see what he has to offer. And if he can be that guy, this is a team where you can show that a little bit. Um, like you said, week two, Kentucky, that's going to be a really, really tough test. Uh, and you'd like to go into that game with some confidence and not try to figure out why did everything go wrong after, you know, in our first game or, or whatever that that's going to look like for them. Um, so for me, like I said, I'm, I'm watching Connor Bazelak. New defense at Missouri. Steve Wilkes takes over as the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'd like to see because, uh, interestingly enough, you're going to see – I know we keep turning the page forward to, to Kentucky and Missouri, but two NFL guys going at it with Liam Cohen mm-hmm. and Steve Wilkes. So, you know, I, I want to see what they look like defensively. Now, he can, he can probably be a little bit bland here. I don't know. I mean, the thing is McIlwain got Central Michigan going a little bit in that first year, and so – it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. I know I know mm-hmm. all the Florida fans are going, "Oh, you know, he's terrible." No, he he does know what he's doing. He can run a competent offense. So, yeah. How does that look against Steve Wilkes? How does Steve Wilkes adjust to the college game? Because Steve Wilkes will get a, a kind of a refresher, you know, he'll, he probably will feel more at home when he's playing against Liam Cohen's offense. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh I I'm just uh, you know, we'll see um, you know, year 2 under uh, Eli Drinkwitz, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how how high have we have we put limitations on Missouri that are not there. I, I don't think so, but we'll see. Um, I I feel like the people who really know the quarterback position, Connor Bazelak is probably their favorite of the SEC quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk to to guys who played, they're the ones who are always raving about him, and I think that's the that's the the most interesting thing to me which suggests that there's a, a a high ceiling and he's not anywhere near it obviously because he was the first year as a starter last year. So, you know, how much has he developed and and what what else can he do? What you know, how 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 much better can he be? Mhm. I'm excited to see it. Um the one of the well now we're in the night games, Andy, <clears throat> which there are uh 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven SEC games kicking off within 90 minutes of one another. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> After a relatively thin afternoon. Auburn and Akron. Uh, Akron, again, not a very good ball club. Uh, one but of the we worst need to FBS. see Auburn, and, and this is, yes, a, again. This is what – I want to see I everything hate, out of Auburn. I keep saying <laughs> this. I keep saying – well, it's good that they find, you know, that this is the kind of opponent that they open with because they need this because they, you know, we don't know what they are. They haven't gotten to do this against a real opponent. It, it probably is a good workout the kink situation. It's a good thing they're, they're mm-hmm. doing this and not going to Penn State right now. So they probably thank the Big Ten for sending Penn State to Wisconsin this week because this, this probably would be the game this week. They'd probably be at Penn State for the opener if the mm-hmm. Big Ten had decided – well, Penn State can just start conference play after non-conference play. But no, no, the Nittany Lions have to go to Camp Randall, and Auburn gets to work the kinks out. Enjoy that. Yeah, I think, you know, there's been so much uh, focus on, on Bo Nix this offseason and, and whether or not he can fit in this offense and all that stuff. This is a feed-the-tank game, I think. Uh, tank Bigsby, fantastic first season. Uh, I think you just got to lean on him. Uh, I'm not sure Akron's going to be able to put put up much resistance there, and we'll see what Bo Nix looks like. But I'm not sure they're going to, you know, I imagine they're going to look pretty vanilla here, saving a lot for Penn State, obviously, and and uh, and we'll see. Um, but anything else that jumps out to you about the the Brian Harson debut here? No, I think the it's just you know it's been it feels a like a 31-3 situation here. Yeah, and and I think that'll that'll quiet a lot of the stuff down. You know, it's just been it's been a weird off season for them. So get mm-hmm. on the football field, win a game, and let's see what you are, or at least some idea of what you are. Because I think that, that they're the biggest mystery. Although I think we're getting to the biggest mystery in the SEC, and, and or biggest potential storyline of the first week is Zeb Nolan going to start for South Carolina? I can't wait for this. Are they I, I start did a double the GA at quarterback. I did a double take because I covered Zeb Nolan back at Iowa State. Like I thought it was like a million years ago. If you back told in the me, Kyle Kemp era, if you told me he was a quarterback coach at uh, Northern Iowa, I would have believed you. I had if you, if you told me he years. was the 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 <laughs> biggest rising star offensive analyst yes. in the NFL, I would also believe you. Yes, and, and I had not heard that name in years. Uh, he kind of fell off the map at Iowa State when uh, you know they they just had a bunch of quarterbacks that were. Well, and then he backed up, up a the, backed up a pretty good, pretty good player, Mr. Trey and, Lance. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> and and then Easton Stick started for forever at North Dakota State, and then they roll mm-hmm. into Trey Lance. I think Zeb Nolan thought maybe he'd be the guy after Easton Stick. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, this this just blew my mind when that came out. That yeah, we, they they have a GA who's played, and then you see the name. You're, Wait, I know who that is. Yes, he's exactly. Still in, he's still in college? Well, technically he was, but also technically he wasn't. Like I said, the he's GA to student. active they quarterback. They got grad students I, on their team. We have we I I don't think I've ever heard of this ever. Am I am I am I just too young, Andy? I I I think the only times I th- I've heard of it are when they have the GA playing on the scout team. When they had, yeah. when they've got a GA who was a really good quarterback or or was a really good athlete, simulating a similar athlete on the scout yeah. team. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, we'll see. I, I uh, I'm fascinated to see this. I think he was a pretty good player. I mean, he just was passed up by better guys. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Eastern Illinois, you know, FCS. We'll find out. Um, the, the debut of the Shane Beamer era. We'll see what this offense looks like. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's hard to get past the, the Zeb experience um, at South Carolina. But, you know, again, when you're in that situation, Luke Doty obviously banged up a little bit down there. You know, what I think it'll be interesting to awesome. see. What if he's just well, awesome? What if problem. he winds up then starting got, the whole you year? You have a good problem, but you have a – that's you've – You've you've wasted I say wasted you've used up a lot of reps on Luke Doty over the offseason that Zeb Nolan did not get that he wants it's, it's not a it's not a waste if if that winds up being the the story of your season and he's good <laughs> it'd be incredible like. <laughs> oh man fantastic uh, we talked about Georgia Clemson obviously the headliner in the uh, early evening although we'll get to LSU UCLA in a bit Andy 
uh, and your comeuppance. Uh, Lane Kiffin's gone from Florida Atlantic. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, Willie Taggart he, there. He left? Facing Florida. That's what I heard. Uh, sources say. Nikosi if, if Perry's Lane was there, starting for the Owls, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it would be a little spicier. Uh, I'm not sure I believe that Florida Atlantic. This will be an interesting game because they're a pretty good team. But I'm not sure that I fully believe that Florida Atlantic can seriously challenge. I could see them leading in the first quarter as Florida sort of kind of stumbles out the gate a little bit. But I think Florida wins this one, you know, two scores, two and a half scores, something like that, 17, 20 points. But I think it could be fun. It could be it could be relatively high scoring as well. This is uh, this is one where we just want to see Emory Jones. What does the yeah. offense look like with Emory Jones running it? And I think that's something that everybody's been asking, that, that you know, folks have seen Emory Jones. They've seen him come into games. They've seen, they've seen him play – because he was never mop-up duty exclusively with him. They would put him in at, at, yeah. at, at key times. Uh, I go back to the Auburn game in 2019 when he had to come in because uh, Trash was banged up, and he looked very good running the offense. But that's, again, that's a couple series. What's it look like when it's his show? And mm-hmm. I think that's that's what everybody, you know, basically in the SEC East wants to see because – they want to know how how good is Florida? Is you know where does is Florida a challenger to Georgia? Is Florida you know solidly in second? Is Florida vulnerable from the you know from the bottom from Kentucky coming up or somebody else coming up? And we don't know. We don't. We will not know the answer to that until we've seen Emory Jones run this offense. Yeah, I think it'll. I'm a little bit of an Emory Jones skeptic. I I want to see more of him as a passer. Um and 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 that aspect of it uh, of his game, I think obviously he can he can run the ball, he can make some throws, but when he's having to throw thirty times a game, you know, in the event that he does, you know, can he complete twenty three of those? You know? Well, and also I I want to see can their offensive line open holes in the run game because yeah, you know that makes listen, everything easier. <laughs> they went they went pass heavy because of of the players they had, but they also went pass heavy the last two years because they couldn't run the ball very well. That has to change. If, if you're going to have a, a quarterback who is a dual-threat guy, use him as a weapon on the ground, you need to open some holes so he's a little bit protected there. You, know, you, mm-hmm. you want him running when it's blocked well enough that he's going to gain four or five yards before anybody touches him and he can get down. Uh, you want, basically, and I always use this, this guy as an example, even though he's probably not the, the greatest you know, track star in the world, but Connor Shaw. Like, when Connor Shaw was at South Carolina, when he took off running, there was wide open space for him. And Mm -hmm. that's what you want to see if Emory Jones is going to be used as a weapon on the ground. You don't want to have him just getting pounded every play. And I I realize they have Anthony Richardson. You know, they have a a backup who's similarly athletic. But you don't want to get into that. (laughs) You really don't. uh, You know, so if they can open some holes, if the backs can, can carry some of the load this time, They'll be in a lot better place. And it probably will look a little more like the offenses Dan Mullen ran at Mississippi State, if that's the case. If they have to go back into throwing, you know, 60% of the time, will it be as good? Well, it's hard to to be as good when Kyle Pitts isn't there anymore. Texas A&M, Andy, on our own uh, platform, I picked Texas A&M to go to the playoff. I can't believe I was the only one, honestly. I, I there, the amount of Aggie skepticism that is out there, I don't get it because Texas it's not Aggie skepticism. Be, it's it's Alabama realism because they're no, going to have to beat no, Alabama. No, 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 no. because if two there's SEC lot, there's teams are like, going to make the playoff. It's going to be Georgia and somebody from the West, probably Alabama. Maybe, but here's the thing: there's a lot of there's a lot of nine and three Aggies out there. I just don't. I they're too good on the lines. They're too good on the lines. But we and haven't I, seen I, that I just, offensive line play together yet. We know Kenyon Green's great. We know they've recruited we'll well. But but yeah. but you're right because that's to say we're giving Georgia's offensive line the same benefit of the doubt, or or, yeah. or a, a bigger benefit of the doubt, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I am intrigued by the Haynes King thing because I, this is what I keep asking people: What if he's better than Kellen Mond? Yeah, to is me, I think he the can craziest be the craziest idea in the world. Bryce Young is the breakout quarterback of the league this year. Bryce Young, I think, it can go to another stratosphere. But Haynes King, I think, will be really good because of all that is around him. They're not going to ask him to do that much, and he can be really efficient, make some I plays love, for you. And I think he'll love, have some time. love their their versatile 
skill guys. Yes. I love Anaya mm-hmm. Smith and Devon A. Chain. And then Isaiah Spiller is more your classic workhorse back. And mm-hmm. nobody has all of that except except maybe Alabama. But but yeah. most teams don't have that kind of versatility. And, and defenses just have to be so aware, especially with Smith and, and A. Chain, where they are on the field at any given moment. Because they're going to move them around. They're going to do a lot of different things with them. And then you've got Weidermeyer. Uh, we we think we're going to see Baylor Cup this year. Uh, you know, we keep hearing that he's very good, but then he's had season-ending injuries in the in the preseason camp the last two years. So, mm-hmm. could they do some double tight stuff that that really allows them to be even more versatile? I here's my thing: if Jimbo Fisher will let his freak flag fly offensively, <laughs> they could be really, really good. Yeah, but but will he do? We've never seen him do that. He's had some really good offenses. We've never really seen him do that. The 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 most prolific offense he has was the 2013 Florida State offense. But I wouldn't say they did anything particularly wild. They just were mm-hmm. you know executed very well. Mm-hmm. I just I, I, I all the pieces are there. I think for the Aggies, uh, they got to be careful with Kent State. Kent State a very good team. Uh, Pick to win the, the, the division in the MAC. Uh, Sean Lewis, uh, you know, pretty similar. Uh, they're going to see pretty similar to the Ole Miss Tennessee scheme, this sort of Baylor power spread sort of style. Uh, can't say it's a good team. I think, again, if you're dominating the line of scrimmage, you shouldn't have a ton of trouble. But the Aggies are also. Not a team that's just going to score at will and fill up the fill up the box score. They just they're not going to have that. So you got to be careful. Um, I think the Aggies win this one. This feels like a I don't know a forty one seventeen thing. Maybe you get off to a little bit of a rough start early, but I think you can just control the line and control the clock and add a couple touchdowns late when you've got them worn down. That that's kind of what this feels like to me. But uh, well, the, the Aggies in we'll in the audience are going, please, please, please let that be. I'm thinking back to last year's. <laughs> season opener yeah. and they you know you would not expect that team to do what it did after watching them yeah. against Vanderbilt in the season opener last year so uh yeah let it come out and work look good that's that's the thing get excited give everybody reason to get excited because there is a reason to be excited in college station this year that team that team's gonna be really good yeah there is uh one game Andy that is not over the air uh, well, over the air, I say on cable at least. It's over the uh, interwebs. Well, yeah, there's actually two. I forgot earlier in the day, but the evening Arkansas games. Rice. Yeah, the evening games. The Kings of Etsu and Vanderbilt, an in-state rivalry, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, no, the Clark Lee era beginning. I mean, I think similar to South Carolina. I just want to see what everything looks like. Uh, you know, we we talked a little bit. About Ken Seals on our, on our uh, SEC East preview show. Last year, when you have sort of a, a lame duck coaching staff, half the you know the last few games you're playing with 40-something scholarship players. I mean, you just – you didn't that wasn't even really football. Like, you couldn't really – there wasn't really anything to know or see about Vanderbilt. It was just like, let's get this season over with. Let's not get anybody hurt, and let's get this thing going. This will be – I think Vanderbilt is still behind the eight ball. I mean, I think they're the only team, really, when you look around the SEC, that I think is going to be in a lot of games, uh, possibly a walkover. Um, but what, what do they have to, to, to? What do they have to show? What can they do? Um, you know, this is a game, obviously, that, that Vanderbilt has a great shot of winning. Um, and can you look pretty good doing it? I, I don't know. But what does this look like? And I, and what what does the Clarkley era have to show? I think this is – we say the same stuff about this game that we say about the Tennessee Bowling Green game, that this mm-hmm. is your confidence builder. This is the you've – you've put up with all this crap. You, you've dealt with an offseason of everybody sell, saying you're going to lose every game, and now you've got a chance to show on your new coaching staff that you can go out there and have some fun and look confident. That's, that's what you need to do because mm-hmm. just like with Tennessee, it gets cons- it considerably harder as you go forward. Yeah. So, Andy, I want you to be honest with me. You did not watch the Hawaii game, UCLA game, and you did not start researching produce and uh, banana, eating bananas whole. You didn't – none of that None of that affected you at all? You, none of that you, shook your confidence? You think, you think Todd Graham and his Britney Spears microphone <laughs> are Someone an accurate that representation of, of what 
you know, what you can put in the way of UCLA's offense. Yeah, I expected, if you've been listening, I expect this to be <laughs> Brian, uh, <laughs> Chip Kelly's best UCLA. Did I say Brian Kelly? Uh, Chip Kelly's best UCLA team. I expect that. I expect them to be pretty good in the Pac-12 South this year. I still expect them to get smoked by LSU. Now, LSU, right. they're, in, they're in Houston. They're preparing for the game. Uh, we're thinking about everybody in Louisiana, and, and I hope everybody's doing all right. Uh, they mm-hmm. got it out of there a couple days in advance, and so they're they're prepping for the game in Houston. So, you know, kind of a weird situation. I'm sure everybody on the team is is worried about folks back home and and mm-hmm. you know dealing with all that stuff. So, but I just think they're coming back in a big way this season. And as good as UCLA can be, they're not going to face this kind of collection of athletes anywhere else, and they haven't face this kind of this collection of athletes they, they've played Oklahoma some of the older guys have played Oklahoma they played Cincinnati they played USC obviously they've not played a team where there's a dude at every position and they're about to do that and so I'm feeling still very confident and if I lose I'm very confident I can complete the bet this is <laughs> this is not me having to eat mayonnaise where I I knew it was going to be just a disaster <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't even finish that clip. I'll be able to finish the banana clip. I was I, not I'd be so laughing too hard. But but I, I I'll be honest. I was more worried about Pitt losing that game that they ultimately lost yeah. to NC State that caused me to eat mayonnaise. Yeah. Then I'm worried about this <laughs> because okay. having faith having faith in Pitt is it's sort of like Ted Lasso AFC Richmond. It's the hope that kills you. Like mm-hmm. I, with LSU, I'm kind of gonna know probably in the first quarter whether I'm winning yeah. or losing this bet. Like either they're gonna come out. <laughs> Just, you know, like a rolling ball of butcher knives and destroy UCLA, and I'm going to be making fun of R the entire game. Or <laughs> they're going to be whatever they were last year, you know, either either defensively or offensively. They'll, they'll, they'll be having some issues, and I'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'll just be sitting there. If that does it. happen, Andy, I want you to do something for me, okay? Okay. If they're rolling over every single time LSU scores, I need you to send Ari a different banana gift, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> just I might tweet, get myself I'm, fired. I'm sure there's for that. lots of great banana gifts. I just want you to send one. Uh, yeah, I might get myself score. fired, but but I'm perfectly willing to do that. I have to <laughs> I wait till think- they go. I have to wait till they go up 15, and then and as Fair long enough. as they're up 15, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> Listen, I, I think LSU probably wins this game. I would not be shocked if UCLA won it. I don't think LSU just rolls in this game. It I, may be I'm that Vegas knows game. what they're talking about and LSU wins by like five. Because that, that's yeah. what Ve- Vegas said, four and a half. Yeah. I'm the one who said 15 to get already taken. He said he, said <laughs> he would have taken so. the bet without those points. I don't believe him. Yeah, I don't know that I would take. I don't know that I'd take LSU in five points. Uh, I, or, I mean, uh, UCLA in five points. Uh, I... Like I said, I, I, I am, I'm a little bit uh, iffy on UCLA coming into this season. That looked pretty good. You're right. Hawaii is not very good as well, but they did look pretty, pretty solid. But I, I'll be surprised. The, I think the, the other than UCLA rolling, I think LSU just you know winning this game by three touchdowns would be really surprising to me. So I guess that's uh, where I, we I diverge. I just wouldn't be surprised by that. I, I think we, we saw Max Johnson at the end of last year. He looked very competent in that offense and. Uh, you know, it as as much as it stinks for Miles Brennan that he got hurt and and really couldn't be part of that competition. Mm-hmm. They've known who their starter was for a while. They've been able to to rep with the ones and not split reps. So that part I'm not worried about. It, it's really what's the defense going to look like with Durante Jones running it, and he's a he's not been a, a defensive play caller for a while, and that was at a different level. He's been a, an NFL position coach, but listen. I have faith. <laughs> it's amazing what, you know, an eight deep defensive line and a, a the, maybe the two best corners in the country will do for you. Fair point. Fair point. Um, <clears throat> those corners can't stop uh, the DTR. Uh, Zach, is it Charbonnet? I feel bad Zach for Charbonnet. these guys. Yeah. Zach, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet. He, was, he was very good at Michigan, and, and now he's yeah. at UCLA. Yeah. That, the corners can't stop that read option, Andy. I don't know if you knew that or not. But. <laughs> yeah, but the, the defensive linemen and the linebackers can. You can't play eight at you, a time, though. If you push, if you push <laughs> the left guard into DTR's lap while he's trying to, while he's okay, in the mesh, you may have a point there. It becomes a, a problem. Yeah, we'll see. Andy, Monday night, Labor Day, 
Is Louisville Ole Miss the best uh, non best game of the week involving two unranked teams? I really can't wait for it. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. I This is going to be good. Great game. Ole Miss played Florida State in one of these. Was that a Sunday night game or a Monday night game? I can't remember. But that, uh, that was the Monday night game. It was yeah, that was, a, that was a super fun it. game where Ole Miss took Wild a big lead. Game. Florida State came back. Give me that. Give me something crazy. I was doing a fantasy game. draft during that game, and I was I was very distracted. <laughs> yeah, no, I I want I want one team to go up four touchdowns and then lose. That's that's, that's what true. I want out of this game. And I feel like you can possibly get that game one way or the other. Either, you know, either Ole Miss winning or losing with every game Ole Miss plays. That that yes. makes me excited to watch them. They they are the the one team if they're on TV, I'm going to watch them just because you have no idea. What's going to happen? I think, you know, my prediction for Ole Miss this season, they, they beat a top 10 team and lose to a team with a losing record. I feel very confident in that. Like, again, when you – they really are that team. When their offense is as good as it is and will be even without Elijah Moore, you can beat almost anyone. And when your defense is, is not great, which I think it will be improved, but how much improved we'll see. But when your defense is not very good, you can lose to almost anyone. And – not great if you're a fan of that team, but in terms of entertainment value, off the charts. And Ole Miss, they're going to be really, really fun to watch this year uh, because they're just going to be uh, just a wild card every single week. And I like them in this game. Uh, it's got Satterfield and Louisville, a really good team, a really good matchup. This is going to be great football. Um, but uh, I'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss wins this ball game. They outscore them. I mean, this could be a, a 45-41 situation like most Ole Miss games this year, I suspect. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think they're going to be improved, but Louisville's going to be able to put some points up on the board as well. Uh, Cunningham, really good player for them, and, and we'll see. Uh, what do you make of, of this ball game when it comes down I to the I think Louisville's going to be considerably better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Satterfield – has not had a lot of bad years as a head coach. And so I, I think they bounce back. And Ole Miss, I, I, it sounds like it's going to be very similar. This is going to be an explosive offense. I'm excited to see what they do with Jerry Neely because mm-hmm. I think I think he can do more than just run the ball. I think, I think he can be a, a pretty devastating target out of the backfield as well. And also Matt Corral, who, listen, might be the best NFL prospect of any quarterback in the country except for he had two games last year where he combined for 11 interceptions in those games. You take those away, there's very hard, you know, very little holes you can punch in that. But that makes it very tough, I would imagine, for NFL teams to draft him high. So can he cut down on that? You know, if he throws a pick, does he does he spiral and throw more or if he throws a pick, does he shake it off and and just okay, that happened, we're done with it? We're gonna we're gonna take care of things from here on out. Yeah, I wonder too how much NFL skepticism there is though out of quarterbacks and receivers out of this system. They have not really translated well um, out of the the sort of power spread sort of. The, yeah, the, but the, but it nobody translated translate well, well out of the air raid process. until Pat Mahomes. That's fair, but uh, those 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 air raid concepts are still more complicated than than the, than the sort of Baylor power spread. Um, so we'll see. Um, <clears throat> All I know is they're fun to watch. Matt Corral, really good player. They use him perfectly. You couldn't find a better quarterback for this system. I'm high on Ole Miss coming into this year, so I got to think they're gonna they're gonna take care of business here. Um, but Andy, it's gonna be a great weekend of ball games. We got a little bit of an appetizer. Uh, bad week to have a bad loss. Uh, again, if you're <laughs> like all SEC shows, begin the show with Nebraska, end it with Nebraska, but. That, I, in a normal Saturday, people... At least that's you know, a division game, though. If it, these games we just yeah. talked about, if somebody loses one, I guess with the exception of, of LSU or Ole Miss, if somebody loses one, oh, I guess Georgia could lose to Clemson. But, yeah. But, but yeah, everybody Georgia, else, we're going we're gonna to just predict impending doom if they lose one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I'm just excited to watch a lot of football uh, this weekend. Um, it, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I'm going to be at Tennessee on Thursday night, and I'll be the eye in the sky the rest of the weekend. Andy, where are you, where are you going to be this weekend? I will be on my couch watching it all. I, this, there's a Sounds lot good. to take in this weekend. There is a ton. I, I, I was to this morning. I was thinking about my screen situation, so I may have to purchase another tablet. Ah, um, so I have, ah, I have two. Wait, you said I have tablet? one laptop. 
Go get another What'd TV. You Come on, do it. Get another TV. Listen, man, I can't do that. Listen, listen, listen. These guys with these elaborate setups, I I don't know how they pulled this off. I don't. I'm like not the Phil Steele setup TV. with number of the yeah. TVs. Uh, we gotta go to get. We gotta go to number eleven here. We need a podcast episode that's me pitching the idea of a second living room TV to my wife. That'd be an incredible. That'd be an incredible. Well, uh, we uh, we can combine that. We'll, it will be you know the first half will be you pitching that to your wife. The second half will be. <laughs> Ari attempting to hang one. It'll be it'll be perfect. <laughs> uh, so I got it. So it's probably going to be another tablet. But I have a computer that I work off constantly, and then I have a second computer that is not great but can stream games. And then I bought like an Amazon Fire that I don't have it connected to anything. All it does is streams games, and it's like it, I bought it like for like thirty dollars off of Amazon or something. It's well, like there a you go. That's fire. Okay. If, yeah, if you can get one of those, then just do that for. Well, I might know, get like if I can purposes. get a couple more of those and just have that set up, like I because this the the evening games this week. I mean, goodness gracious, there's so many. Um, so I got to figure something out. Um, because you need a lot of screens to keep track of all this stuff. It Even is, this weekend it, with with this weekend with the the football as mild as it was, I was struggling. I was struggling See, to but keep that's, up with that's that's how week zero should be. Week zero should be yeah. terrible football, so that we can just sort of ease our way back in. We we yeah. don't need a great like Georgia Clemson. You can't put that in week zero. No, that sets I would the expectation for the rest of the my season. My head would have exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Terrible football. Like if we'll Nebraska gotta, Illinois had had ended two nothing, that would have been the perfect week zero game. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, one of the worst safeties, maybe I've ever seen. It's up there. That's that was pretty oh, bad. It's, uh, it's terrible. I gotta say, I don't know that fielding a punt at the one, going backwards, and then attempting a forward pass—that is a trifecta of which we may never see again. So relish week zero. Um, but for now, that'll do it for our week one look ahead in the SEC. Andy, I'm jealous. You got to have some high barbecue with. Uh, uh, my our good friend Chris Vanini and, and Ari Wasserman this weekend uh, over in Dallas. The greatest barbecue that I've had. It's it's my number one. Um, shout out! It to is outstanding. It's outstanding. Now uh, it's so here's good. here's the pro tip: take the bacon burn ends, put them in the mac and cheese, and swish them all around. That's that's the greatest one of the greatest Ooh. meals you'll ever have. So yeah, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, check out Hein Barbecue. They're fantastic. My favorite. Um, Andy, that'll do it. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Games. Monday, it's game week. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Uh, Be safe, and uh, we will see you again next Monday for another episode of Football and Grits. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, Andy. I suspect with 14 games, there might be some storylines. But you never know. Maybe everything will play out exactly like we thought, and we'll have nothing to talk about. But maybe not. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I just I, I cannot wait. I mean, a GA may start at quarterback for an <laughs> SEC team. You've got top five on top five. You've got a game at the Rose Bowl with uh, eating a banana peel and all on the line. It doesn't get any better than this. It doesn't. It doesn't. And uh, the turnover chain versus the national championship chain uh, – I'm excited. The national championship chain sounds so much better. <laughs> the Alabama should they should debut that every time Just they make win a another chain with all, all six national championship rings that Saban has won at Alabama. Now, see, this is a great idea. Hanging this on, is a hanging on idea. a defensive player who just got an interception. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, we need to sell that idea to Alabama. We're full of million dollar ideas on this show. That's a fantastic uh, idea. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're very close to September, and we're very close to SEC football. So we'll see you guys again next Monday. 